Section 138 of The Wonder Garden. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April 6090, California, United States of America. The Wonder Garden by Francis Jenkins Olcott. The Hundred-Headed Daffodil. From Ovid and Other Sources. In the long, long ago, there dwelt in the heart of the earth a fierce king named Pluto, who reigned over the kingdom of Hades. Dreary and dark was that subterranean kingdom. Cerebrus, the three-headed dog, guarded its entrance, while the shades of the dead moaned through its hollow-sounding palaces. There was not a single beautiful thing in all Hades. There were no flowers, no sunlight, no birds, and Pluto, with gloomy eyes and sullen brow, drove his black steeds from one end of the kingdom to the other, seeking gold and silver ore, for all the wealth of the underworld belonged to him. Now it happened one day that Venus, the beautiful, was looking down from Mount Olympus, and saw King Pluto driving madly about. She called her winged son, mischievous little Cupid, to her knee, and kissing him said, Dear child, see yonder gloomy Pluto? He has no beautiful thing in any of his caverns. He has nothing to love, and I will not have it so. So do you, my child, take one of your love-tipped arrows, that wound but do not kill, and shoot him through the heart. So spoke Venus, and Cupid, opening his golden quiver filled with a thousand sharp arrows, took from it the sharpest. Then bending his bow, he shot King Pluto straight through the heart, wounding him sorely. Now, high above on the sunny earth was a bright blue lake, and near it was a lovely field of flowers. There the little Porcipina, the daughter of Mother Ceres, keeper of all the cornfields in the world, was playing barefooted in the grass. She tossed her curly hair and pelted her playmates with flowers. Then gathering up the skirt of her little dress, she filled it with sweet nosegays of violets, roses, lilies, and marigolds. Her playmates did the same and heaped their baskets with hyacinths, crocuses, amaranth, and rosemary, each trying to gather the most. Look, dear girls, said Porcipina at last. See this wonderful flower growing here in the middle of the meadow. It is a golden daffodil and has a hundred heads. As she spoke, she pulled the hundred-headed daffodil, roots and all, from the ground. Instantly there was a roaring and rumbling, and the earth opened wide. And from its yawning chasm leaped Pluto's black horses, drawing his golden chariot. And in the chariot stood the fierce king himself, wrapped in his mantle and urging on his steeds. Cupid's arrow was still sticking in Pluto's breast, and when he saw little Porcipina, he straightway loved her. Then swiftly he grasped her and carried her off. The flowers fell from her lap, scattering upon the grass. She saw them fall and wept. Then stretching out her small white hand, she cried, Alas, dearest mother, I am being carried away. Save me, save me. But all in vain she cried, for King Pluto, guiding his steeds and calling each by name, shook the reins and plunged once more into the chasm that closed above his head. Through rocky gorges and caverns the steeds rushed, and across black pools of boiling water, and over sulphurous lakes, until they reached King Pluto's subterranean kingdom. And there he made little Porcipina queen of all Hades. But she was not happy, and sat weeping and wailing for her mother until the tops of the mountains and the depths of the seas rang with her cries. Now Mother Ceres, keeper of all the cornfields in the world, heard her little daughter's cries, and leaving her fields and the ripening corn ears hastened to the flowery meadow. But she could not find Porcipina, for her playmates were all gone. 
Only the wilted flowers and the empty baskets lay upon the grass. Then Ceres beat her breast with despair and tore her poppy wreath from her head. And over land and sea, throughout the wide world she went, seeking her child and crying as she went, Porspina, oh my daughter, Porspina! By night she carried two flaming torches. By day she searched in the light of the sun. But nowhere could she find her lost child. Oh, Zephyr, gentle Zephyr, she asked the west wind as he floated by. Have you seen my daughter? And when Zephyr whispered no, she hastened on. Oh, Boreas, strong Boreas, she asked the north wind as he rushed by. Have you seen my daughter? And when he roared no, she hastened on. And so she asked each thing she met, but nowhere could she find her lost child. Meanwhile, in her grief and anger, she neglected her cornfields. The birds picked the seeds out of the ground. The weeds grew up rank and thick. The hot sun burned the blades of corn, and soon all the cornfields, the wide world over, were dry and barren. There was no corn, and the hungry people cried for bread. And so it was when at last Ceres reached a fountain that gushed from the earth. And Arethusa, the nymph of the fountain, raised her head from the water and tossed back her dripping hair. Then she spoke thus, O mother of the child whom you have sought throughout the whole world, cease your grief and tend your cornfields once more. The world does not deserve to suffer so at your hands. Know that I, Aruthusa, have seen your daughter. As my stream was passing through the caverns of the underworld, I saw Porspina, seated on King Pluto's throne. She is sad but no longer weeping, for the king loves her tenderly and has made her queen of all Hades. And as the nymph Aruthusa spoke, Ceres stood amazed, and as if turned to stone. Then swiftly she got into a chariot drawn by dragons and flew to Mount Olympus. Beating her breast and tearing her hair, she stood before Jupiter's throne. I am come, O Jupiter, she cried, to beseech you to restore to me my little daughter, whom King Pluto has carried off to his dark kingdom. If he brings her back to me, I will return to my cornfields and give bread to the people. Then Jupiter answered, Gladly will I give back Porsipina to you, if she has not tasted any food while in Hades. Otherwise she must stay with Pluto forever. Then he bade his messenger, Mercury, hasten to Hades and fetch Porsipina. So Mercury put on his winged hat and shoes, and taking his staff of sleep in his hand, flew swiftly down to Pluto's kingdom. And in a beautiful garden that Pluto had made purposely for her, he found little queen Porsipina playing by herself. But alas! She had already plucked one pomegranate from a bending tree and had eaten seven of its seeds, so she could not return to her mother's series. But when Jupiter learned this, he decreed that for seven months every year, Porcipina should dwell in Pluto's dark kingdom, while for five months she should live on the bright earth with her mother. And so it was. Every year for seven months, little Porcipina reigned as queen in gloomy Hades, while Ceres, mourning her loss, neglected her cornfields. They grew dry and barren. The snow fell upon them, and winter ruled the earth. But when the seven months were past, Porcipina returned, and Ceres once more tended her cornfields. They grew green. The corn sprang up. The golden ears ripened in the sunshine, and spring and summer and flowers and joy came back to earth. End of section 138